This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Sky Blues Extra. Welcome and thank you for joining me, Andy and Tom, for another Sky Blues Extra podcast. In this week's episode, we'll look back at the away win at Ipswich, we'll preview the home fixture of Shrewsbury, and we'll discuss our favourite Mark Robbins moments. Plus, we'll also announce the winner of the recent competition, a retro Coventry City bobble hat, courtesy of Football Bobbles. Roughly three years ago, a younger-looking Mark Robbins came back to the Sky Blues for his second stint as manager. Since then, he's won the Checker Trade Trophy, been promoted to League One, and he's currently sat at the top of League One with promotion to the Championship seemingly in his hands. He's done all of this on the tightest of budgets and in a very tough off-the-pitch situation. He masterminded another away win in the league against Ipswich. 18,800 people packed into Portman Road, including 1,740 Sky Blue Army, and his side took all three points. But what were the stats like, Andy? Yeah, quite interesting, Dave, to be honest. Um, We had 44% possession. Um, We had eight shots compared to their six. Uh, We had 68% pass accuracy compared to their 76%. And we won 63 duels compared to their 58. So... As you can see by the stats, they had had a lot better possession than us. But as we know in football, possession doesn't win your games. Goals do. And another superb goal by Matty Godden. Yeah, it was absolutely clinical finish again. You know, fairly early on as well. Again, we're starting games really, really fast. I know a lot of people came out and said that the performance perhaps wasn't vintage, wasn't vintage Mark Robbins Coventry City so far from this season. But again, we did what we had to do. And all of those teams around us starting to sort of fall away a little bit. They're struggling to pick up three points every week. But Mark Robbins, his side, every single week, Tom, are now picking up the the three points needed. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as you said, you know, it was good to get a goal relatively early in the game. I thought it was a really, really good goal. And it really came from just some fantastic closing down. It actually started with Godden sort of really pressing, I think it was their right back. Um, and he really covered the space so he couldn't pass it back to the keeper. So he was sort of forced to ping it over to the to the other side. 
Um, and then a combination of sort of Allen and then Dabo and Kelly kind of winning the ball together with some really good pressing. Um, and it's just great to see our reading of the game. It's, it's really come on. It's, it's excellent to see. And then Walsh gets the ball and he had kind of three really good options. He had kind of Allen out to the right, O'Hare to the left and Godden doing what Godden does, kind of playing off the shoulder in the middle. Um, and he's just slotted it through to Godden. And I just feel like we're scoring goals like that every week now. And that finish was very sort of Godden-esque, wasn't it? He just gets a load of power behind it right into the bottom corner. And yeah, he's he's just really showing that he's a natural finisher now. Class turn and great finish. So yeah, really good to to get that goal. Um, and then, yeah it, was a, yeah, it was a good game from then on. Yeah, uh, Matty Godden's confidence is absolutely through the roof at the moment. And he's so sharp and he's, he's really, really, you know, again, we always speak about Matty Godden that he doesn't get a lot of changes, chances in the game. There's been a few times this season where he's had to sort of do a lot of hard yards, do a lot of closing down, pressurising and, and wait for that opportunity to come through. And like they have been coming very early in the game and he's, he's showing that he's sharp enough, but his confidence is sky high, isn't it? It was pretty much a mirror of his goal against Sunderland. Uh, and again, a really, really good finish. But before the Matty Godden goal, Ipswich went down the other end and uh, I think it was Nolan that was brought down in the penalty box. Um, what do you think about that, Andy? Was that a penalty for you or do you think the referee got that one correct? No, on this occasion, I think he got it correct, Dave. Um, I think the ball had gone. It ran away from the, the lad and he, he fell down quite easy over Fads. So on this occasion, I think the, uh, the uh, ref got it right. It felt like it could have got off to the worst of starts, Tom. What about yourself? Did you think it was a penalty or the referee got the right decision? I think it was the right decision. Yeah, I think I think Fads just stood up, really. And uh, I, I, I didn't really see a, much of a foul. Obviously, there was a big appeal from the home end with a lot of fans there. But no, it didn't. for me, it wasn't a foul. Right decision. Ipswich had a lot of possession in the game, as Andy spoke and said, it, you know, it's not possession, but goals that win the games. But they played some really nice football at times, I thought. It definitely felt that... It was a sort of championship level game. It, it gave us a bit of a, if you like, a look into the future of what possibly could be with a, a big ground with 18 or so thousand packed in. Really lovely playing surface, really lovely ground and, and stadium. And of course, some real quick one touch football from Ipswich. And they, they had a chance. It went through um, big ball over the top, but they played some lovely balls actually uh, through at times. And we did look a little bit caught out at the back. The ball came down, it, it sort of bounced. Morosi was kind of caught in bit no man's land and the header was just soft. It was like a pass back, but a really good chance for Ipswich, Tom. Yeah, absolutely. And, and actually for me, I don't think Morosi got necessarily caught out in no man's land. I think he was actually quite clever. I think he's excellent goalkeeping. He kind of, kind of ran out, sort of rushed the, the, the striker. And then because he's rushed him, he's sort of gone for the header. But as he's gone for the header, Morosi's kind of charged back and caught the ball quite easily. So I thought that was a really smart bit of goalkeeping from Morosi there. Andy, you've obviously got previous experience as a goalkeeper. Is is that is? Did you read it the same way as Tom? Yeah, I did. He, he did. He didn't come out too far. He could have easily come out and got involved with the defender and the forward. So he kept his positional quite well. Um, I think uh, we were helped. I think it was Freddie Sears with the header, wasn't it? And I'm quite glad he's just come back off injury because if he hadn't and he was a bit sharper, he might have lifted it over Morosi instead of just putting it in his arms uh, nice and gently. So, uh, no, um, I was, yeah, that was pretty decent by Morosi. He didn't come too far, got involved with the uh, defenders and that would have been chaos. So, no, I was happy with Morosi's part in that play. And what did you think about Ipswich football at times? I mean, you could see that they probably were, you know, they clearly are a championship side, Andy. 
They are. Um, I thought they went quite long at times, um, especially first half. We got off to a great start. First 20 minutes, we were we were really good. And then they seemed to, after the goal, they seemed to, a bit like the Sunderland games, they, they seemed to come into the game, the, uh, the home side a bit, with a few long balls over the top that caught us out a few times. That one we've just talked about, obviously, and a couple of others. One, I think he you know, put it over the bar, and the other one was uh, placed into the... Uh, diving reach of Morosi but you know um, a few long balls did cause us a few problems early doors so yeah but generally yeah they did play some decent football but we got the win and that's all that matters and of course we've talked about Matty Gordon and his goal and it was absolutely superb finish but he did have a chance in the second half again some really nice link up play by the Sky Blues Darbo as Darbo does across the lovely ball I mean it was it was inch perfect really I think Matty Gordon just saw it a little bit late Tom yeah, I think he did. Um, as you said, it was a perfectly weighted ball across from Dabo. And yeah, Gordon maybe saw it late or thought the defender was going to cut it off and he's kind of smashed it with his left foot over the bar. You know, he really should be burying those. Luckily, it didn't matter too much in the end. But yeah, you know, it would have been nice to smash that in and obviously in front of the away end as well. Um, would have been nice, but but never mind. Yeah, it felt like it would have been a perfect time to have scored. But I think we saw Godden having a bit of banter, didn't we, on the Sky Blues extra page. He came back and said almost like a horrible miss, didn't he, with the sort of puking emoji. And Darbo said there's plenty more that came from Andy. Yeah, uh, lovely reaction by Godden on the page. Um, uh, so, yeah, he was disappointed with the finish, obviously. But he's a really top striker, Matty Godden. Um, like with his goal we talked about earlier, he seems to take, with all good strikers, they take an early touch, don't they? And they seem to set themselves and finish and have time to finish and get that shot away. And he has that ability, Matty Godden. But on this occasion, I don't know whether it, it took a bobble or maybe being a bit kind for him, but but he flashed it over, which was a little bit disappointing. But the ball by Dabo was just wow, wasn't it? That was just unbelievable. First time ball like that in the area like that. It just... It just shouted gold, didn't it? The book the ball did, but unfortunately this time Godden couldn't apply the finish. Yeah, no, it had the pace on it and everything. And it it, it was actually quite a difficult one to cross because it was sort of bouncing as he as he crossed it. So he'd done really well to keep it one, you know, keep it down and, and on, on target for the striker, but also, yeah, it's, it was pretty much it deserved a goal, that break. And it, it just goes to show the quality that, that Darbo's gonna give us and has given us for the rest, you know, whole season and, and going forward for the rest of the season. Ipswich did pile on a lot of pressure at times uh, and there was a last-ditch sort of clearance from Sam McCallum at the back stick, Tom. Yeah, there was. Um, yeah, they did seem to pile on a bit of pressure. But similarly to the Sunderland game, I didn't feel like we were massively under the cosh. You know, it, it, there were a few balls going to the box, but, you know, Morrissey wasn't having to make any, you know, crazy saves or anything. But yeah, like you said, McCallum was there at the back post to kind of make a clearance or a block, um, which was really important. And I thought we saw it out quite well. He did make a kind of quite lazy foul towards the end and he was was a little bit frustrating but I think that was just you know tiredness of the game and the players got past him and he's pulled him down but yeah apart from that it was good to see Conor McCallum getting stuck into the defensive side as well as the uh, as the going forward and we're going to move on to the man of the match in a second but who are your key players Andy for this this fixture Matty Godden obviously um, and I put uh, with the goal but um, I'll take a special mention uh, to Liam Walsh um, he was ill in the week he was real doubtful to play and Robin said he was touch and go uh, Monday and Tuesday he was really ill and there was thought he had no chance of playing so Liam Walsh for getting through the game first of all and, and also his pass for uh, Godden's goal was absolutely delightful wasn't it so Liam Walsh for me Dave 
Yeah, on an absolute play. And the back three again, Tom, had a really good game. They, you know, were solid throughout. There's a few issues they were caused with those over-the-top balls. But then, you know, Ipswich played some really nice, quick football. And again, it seems like one of those teams that perhaps their league position, it, it does... It does obviously suggest where they are in, in, in the league and, and how they're playing. But at times you could really see the quality, I thought, and, and you could see that they played really nice, intricate football. But like I say, the back three kept the clean sheet again, which is, is overly important. And it was Don Hyam's um, 100th appearance. Yeah, absolutely. Another good performance by the back three. Um, as you said, you know, Ipswich are a good side. Yeah, their their league position is probably a little bit false. They, they're probably a much better team than that, than what it shows in the league. Um, they've done a bit like what we did in the Mowbray season, haven't they? They started really well. They were top around Christmas. And then due to injuries and suspensions, they've really fallen away. For them, it's been the attacking players. You know, two. I think they've got two or three key players out. And you could kind of tell that with the game, really. I think, you know, on another day, a couple of those chances, they probably might have put them away and, it, you know, we might not have got the result we got. I think the difference on the day was just our finishing and that, you know, just putting that ball through and, and just absolutely clinical finishing from God and which, which perhaps they were lacking. But yeah, as you said, when they did threaten, the back three were there, you know, getting the headers out, the clearances, the blocks, as you've just come to expect now, really. And I think that's why we're starting to not feel really under the cosh at these games because, yeah, the back three are, you know, are solid uh, as they have been all season. Yeah, and exactly. And, and Andy, we was just saying there about the, the back three again, they've been absolutely solid. But we, we did sort of make Ipswich similar to what we did at Sunderland. We did limit them sometimes to like that long ball. So you said that they were having to go long, but I think that was just because they ran out of options quite quite often. What what was your sort of take on that? Yeah, they did. They had a lot of the ball, didn't they? Um, but then again, what did Morosi have to do? He didn't really have a, a shot to save second half, did he? Apart from McCallum's brilliant clearance at the back sticks. Morosi didn't really have a save uh, to make. So, yeah, they did have a lot of the ball. A bit like the Sunderland game, but they didn't do that much with it, to be honest. So, um, and that's mainly down to the back three and the organisation of, you know, fads. Just he will come into him, come on to him in a minute because I think he got man of the match. But him, Rose, and Hyam have just been absolutely outstanding the last few games and they've really grown. The way they saw out the game against Ipswich was outstanding and it was brilliant to get a clean sheet. Yeah, exactly. And I think, Tom, you're absolutely right. Ipswich played some nice football at times, but they just lacked that cutting edge. There was, I could, you know, I couldn't count on two hands the amount of times that they played that final ball and it either just drifted out into, you know, off the pitch for a throw in or it was just a little bit too long and the strikers couldn't get onto it. And I think, again, that that midfield press that we have, that really forced them into to making those areas, didn't it? Yeah, it did. Absolutely. Um, you know, we, we talk a lot about Godden and how he's, you know, he, he's not really having to be the main man. You know, he's the midfield do all the work, really. And he, he, he just does what he does. He just plays off the shoulder. He's ready for that ball through. So that's why, you know, he's not involved a lot of the time. But when he is called upon, he's firing the goals away. So, yeah, the midfield were, were excellent. Really, really good to see. And there was some sort of substitutions. Uh, Jordan Shipley came on for Allen, who possibly didn't have his best game, Andy. No, he didn't. He uh, he ran out of steam a little bit. Um, he's been outstanding. He was outstanding against Sunderland, wasn't he? But no, it wasn't his day. Um, I didn't think... Callow Hare did a good job pressing, but again, in the attacking thirds, again, not particularly dominant like he normally is. Um, but no, Alan didn't particularly have the best of games. Uh, gave a bit of a ship as a bit of a run out, didn't it? Which was always good to see. 
Yeah, no, it's going to be very important. And we've got a lot of games coming up. And like we say, we keep saying everyone's a cup final. And of course it is. But yeah, no, I thought Alan was was, was solid. But I think at times his passing was uncharacteristically, uh, you know, a little bit slower or at times wasn't finding his man. But a man that did have, obviously, an outstanding game uh, and, again, came out in our Man of the Match poll, 52% of the vote, Carl McFadden, Tom. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he was brilliant. Um, thought he had a really, really solid game. You know, gets up those headers and, yeah, puts in some really, really crucial tackles. So, yeah, I think he I think he really fully deserved to get Man of the Match. I think, you know, there's probably been some games recently where, He's probably been in the running and you know not been not been considered or not been picked for it. So, yeah, I think I think he he really did deserve it on um, on Saturday. He played a big part. And Mark Robbins is obviously trying to keep his Sky Blues, you know, his stars feet on the ground. He's trying to make sure that they don't get too carried away. He came out at the end of the game. He said, "We've just spoke after the game about learning and keeping on learning. Nobody has cracked anything. We just have to keep focused, keep in the moment, and keep playing." We've got 10 games left and we need to be better than that against the teams that we've got coming up. It's been a brilliant four-game block. Can we keep going and can we keep our focus? Uh, and I think that's that's it. He still wants the, the team to learn, Andy. Yeah, he's just trying to keep everyone's feet on the ground, isn't he, Robbins? Which is just the mark of the man, really. He doesn't get too excited even when we win. He doesn't get too excited if we lose. He doesn't get too excited if we draw, doesn't he? He just keeps everyone's feet on the floor. And that's what we need in this position. You know, with 10 games to go, we need everyone focused on the game, not thinking we've got promoted, we've done it, we've won it. And him saying things, we've still got things to learn, just keeps the player's mind on, yeah, all right, yeah, we've got things to learn on the training ground. We've got things to learn on the, on match day. Let's focus and let's get these 10, 10, well, not 10 wins, but whatever, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? But let's get these uh, points we need over the 10 games to get us promoted. Brilliant stuff by Mark Robbins. Yeah, and get us over the line, exactly. And Tom, I mean, people that aren't perhaps keeping their feet on the ground, you'd have to say it's the Sky Blue Army. It was absolutely bonkers, wasn't it, at the end of the game. The the players came over to to celebrate with the fans and it was just electric atmosphere from from the start go actually I think a lot of Sky Blue Army got there early on in Ipswich we had we had the pub that was obviously opposite the, the station and that's a very very short sort of walk to the ground but it was a great sort of carnival atmosphere Tom. Yeah it really was um, I have to say Ipswich for me probably the best away day in this league um, yeah really really good obviously ground in the town centre close to the station really good pub I love it when there's a pub designated to away fans that's always a good laugh Great atmosphere in there. And yeah, really impressed with the ground as well. It's, you know, it's one of those old grounds, but you're quite packed in, but it, it's big. Um, and, and like you said, it was a real, you know, real carnival atmosphere. Yeah, the fans were just amazing. Everyone's in such a good mood, aren't they? And yeah, it's just it's just great going to all the games now. I think, you know, we're probably going to sell out every single away game now until the end of the season. Um, be interesting to see how many Blackpool give us, because I think, you know, every man and his dog's booked a hotel in Blackpool for that weekend. So, um, yeah, you know, it's, a, it's good and it's great to see everyone in such a good mood. Exactly. And uh, I, I put up a video for the Sky Blues Extra of the, the crowd after the ground. It took about 23 minutes to finally upload after that on the video. It took a bit of time. Seemingly, when you're at the ground and you're actually at the, the game, it, it can take quite a while to upload the videos. Um, seemingly a better signal in Transylvania. But, I mean, Tom, we've got... Five, you know, we had five games. We put out a, a tweet on the Sky Blues Extra post about um, the fixtures that we had, and we, me and you, looked back at it, didn't we? After, and it was, it was interesting to see how you sort of what points you thought the Sky Blues would get for that block of games, and, and what was that? 
Yeah, so looking back at that, and it was it was funny actually, you know, remembering that you'd put that out because I I just I couldn't remember what I'd put, and it's like interesting to see what you predict, isn't it? I put draw to Pompey, so obviously we won that. I put beat Southend, beat Rochdale, obviously got those two. Um, draw with Rotherham, I put I put beat Sunderland, but I put lose to Ipswich, which we obviously won. So what I predicted was eleven points from those six, and we actually got sixteen out of the eighteen. So yeah, we've. On a seriously good run, aren't we? Yeah, exactly. And 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 Andy, it's it's been fantastic, hasn't it? The amount of points that we've picked up. I think it was thirteen. Is it the last thirteen? I'm unbeaten. Yeah, that's right, Dave. And some really difficult games, um, especially you know the you looked at the Rotherham and uh, Sunderland games as vital games, and to get four points out of six on those games were vital, weren't they? And also, you know, playing away from home at Rochdale and Southend are never easy because, you know, they're down there, they're fighting for their lives, aren't they? So that always makes uh, the games different, especially away from home. So to get, obviously, six points there as well was was brilliant. So, you know, we couldn't ask for any more, could we? No, exactly. And teams slipped up a little bit this weekend, Tom. So it seems it seems that the Sky Blues are able to keep their end of the bargain in their promotion chase. But a couple of teams slipped up around us. Yeah, absolutely. It just goes to show the kind of pressure that there is on the the top of the table at the moment. Um, you know, we we obviously feel a bit of pressure that you know we we should go on and get promoted now. But you know, it's the same for everyone around us. And I was looking earlier at the table. I think there's five or six teams on the same number of points, all in fifty nine. I mean, I'd hate to be in that you know chasing pack. I think Wickham dropped like five places at the weekend because they weren't playing. So yeah, it's it's mad mad tight up there. But we've managed to sort of pull away a little bit, which is nice. And I was actually, you know, we've been chatting a bit about how for a long time, I've, well, I've certainly felt like because there's two spaces available, one of them should be ours. And in a lot of seasons gone by, there's always a team like Luton, for example, who kind of ran away with the league and there'd be only one space left. And you've got like six or seven teams chasing second. But weirdly, we're now, we've become that team that are the team that are way ahead um, and the team that should go and win the league. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's mad how it's kind of panned out really, but but, you know, very exciting at the same time. And Obviously, teams are feeling the pressure. You know, Rotherham losing away at um, at Rochdale. You know, never never thought that would happen. So, yeah, they've done us a big favour there. And do you think that's going to be important? Do you think it's going to help the Sky Blues? Where there's so many teams that I'm not sure of who's got to play who. I haven't had a good look at the fixtures, but where they're all on those 59 points, do you think that's going to actually work in the Sky Blues' favour, Andy? Yeah, absolutely. It just seems like people's form uh, seems to be dipping, doesn't it? Like the Sky Blues' form is just absolutely through the roof. But like Rotherham are having a little a bit of a dip, aren't they? And uh, always nice to see Sunderland uh, concede a late equaliser as well, isn't it, Dave? So um, it seems like the clubs around us, you know, Portsmouth, I think, lost as well. They lost to Peterborough, didn't they? So the only team who's really winning at the moment is, is us and more let's hope that continues towards the end until the end of the season and like Luton did last season we can start running away with it yeah one thing I was going to say um the only the only concern really I suppose is if we were to have a dip because we haven't had an off patch at all all season really have we and you know coming into the last 10 it's you know we we just have there's no room for error now we can't afford to have a you know three or four game blip because teams will catch us so so many teams chasing so we're just going to have to see it out and just have an almost perfect season really and, which, and which is unheard of isn't it really yeah it is and I think that's why Robin said after the game about they need to be focused they need to learn just to just to pull them in a little bit so they don't get above themselves don't you think that's right Tom yeah absolutely especially with the young players you know obviously you know from the stands we're singing you know we're going to win the league and all that but the players have got to be going out there and 
they can't get carried away. They can't think that they've won anything because, you know, there's still 27 to 30 points to play for, depending on how many games you've got. It's not over at all. There's going to there's gonna be twists and turns for the rest of the, the 10 games. You know, it could change significantly. So we can't think we've won anything until until the last game or last couple of games when it's in the bag. So, so yeah, I think really good management from Robbins to keep everyone's feet on the ground. Yeah, exactly. And he's doing a fantastic job. It doesn't seem like the Sky Blues are going to get carried away. They don't seem to be playing with nerves. They actually look really, really confident and they seem to stick to their style of play. They seem to you know, continue with that and they don't don't change that for any sort of, you know, it doesn't matter on the situation. And I, I think that they you know, it will continue to do that and continue to push on this promotion charge. You're listening to Sky Blues Extra. It's now time for this week's Hot Topic. And as we mentioned earlier, Mark Robbins rejoined Coventry City as manager around three years ago. And we asked you for your favourite Robbins moment in his second stint as manager. Tommy on Twitter said, you've got to talk about the recruitment, hoping that this is a promotion season and League Two and our League Two season was a highlight. We've signed a bunch of freebies and turned them into League's best players, all under Robbins and the Robbins staff. It's phenomenal what he can do under a small budget. Tom, what's your thoughts on Robin's second stint as a manager? Quite a lot of thoughts, to be fair. Yeah, there's been a lot of a lot of highlights, hasn't there, over the over the three years? I think something that Andrew mentioned a couple of weeks ago on the pod was the check trade final, which I think was almost the start of that journey, wasn't it? Because we were already kind of relegated when he came in, so there was nothing to kind of salvage from the league. But that check trade final was a was a real sort of it brought all the fans back together. Um, you know, we took, what, 40,000, 45,000 to Wembley. And I think that was a really pivotal moment. You know, it, it allowed the fans to show what a big fan base we've got and how much potential there is. And, you know, who knows, was that a day when Joyce Apala looked at it and thought, you know, maybe if I put some money in, you know, we can get this club somewhere. And then, you know, the League Two year, um, some really, obviously, good moments there. One that I remember quite fondly was uh, was Mansfield away. Um, if you remember that one, that was a really kind of pivotal game for the season. I think Willis got sent off quite early on and we were 1-0 down. Um, we ended up getting a point that day from a johnson Clark harris penalty. And that was a real turning point. And then we went and beat Wickham in the week, I think, 1-0 when it was about minus six degrees. And there was all that sort of kind of squeaky Robin stuff that was going on, which was which was really funny. And to see a manager laughing when we were all sort of chanting his name about squeaky Robins, that was uh, kind of showed his personality, really. And then there was things, obviously, the playoffs, going up through the playoffs and little things that don't get mentioned, like the, um, I don't know if you guys remember when, with the video that he did of all the families for the players, which, you know, people like Bayless and Minority have mentioned, um, you know, doing stuff like that is just brilliant. And, you know, I think... I felt like it was never really in doubt that we were going to win those playoffs. Um, we were, you know, we were the front runner. Obviously, got us back into League One, and then kind of had a really good sort of building season last season. Kind of aimed for the playoffs, but we were a little bit, you know, fell a little bit short. But still had some really good days out. So things like Peterborough away and Sunderland away sort of live long in the memory from from last season. And then I think the biggest thing he's achieved since he's come back is the recruitment last summer for this season. I think you know. The players he signed have just been absolutely brilliant. He's put a great team together. He's obviously restructured the recruitment team. So you've got Chris Badlin um, and obviously AD Vivash is getting some favours from Chelsea as well. So that's really helped. And actually thinking about it, I think that could be really important next season if we go up, you know, thinking about teams like Derby with with Frank Lampard last season, they were able to call upon some favours, put a pretty decent team together. So and I think Chelsea have something like 44 players out on loan this season or something ridiculous. So I think they probably look at clubs like us if we do go up as as a great place to develop their young players and hopefully we can you know dip in and get a couple of those 
um, that could really help us next year if we do go up. So yeah, so some really good moments. Um, yeah, and uh, uh, like I said before, I just hope he can kind of finish the finish the job and and then kind of look to cement us in the championship, and then he really will go down as a club legend in my eyes. That was it. Almost feel like we need to applaud you, Tom. That was a really, <laughs> really good. You know, uh, for our listeners out there, I'm sure they would have lived many of the moments that you've just spoke about. And it was, a, yeah, it really did encapsulate everything that happened as up to this point with with Mark Robbins. Um, PUSB Bradders on Twitter makes a really good point. Actually, he said my personal favourite was Mark Robbins turning down Sunderland's approach and signing a contract extension straight away. That would have told the squad, I believe in you. You're the team that are going to help me reach my personal goal of promotion and not help the team, um, the bookies had his favourite. You know, So, yeah, we weren't favourites to be getting promotion. But he also said, I think this would have been a real boost for the players. He's assembled a squad that he's sort of in the trenches with him. He, he doesn't want to show that he's going to jump ship. And he believes there's another team in our league worth leaving for. So he, he showed some real true sort of spirit to stay with the Sky Blues when, you know, seemingly there was probably more money perhaps on the table, Andy. Yeah, very much so. Um, obviously, Sunderland came knocking. Um, they wanted his services, but he said no to them. Um, I think he, he he learned his lesson. You know, he went previously, he left to go to Huddersfield, didn't he? And uh I think he realised that that was a bit of a big mistake because he was doing really well at Cov before he left to Huddersfield and he, he went for the money. It didn't work out for him. He's come back to Cov and I think he's realised that, you know, I think Tom mentioned on the, the last pod that he, when he came back to the club, he was upset genuinely about how the club was and how it was being treated at the time. And um, he had a real passion to try and put it right. And boy, he has done. The, the progression he's done from the checker trade win to uh, last season when he consolidated us in the uh, Sky Bet League one and just the progression to this season you know the better the lone players compared to last season a better in my opinion I know Bright was really good and Luke Thomas was decent but people like Liam Walsh and Callum O'Hare this season are uh, a top notch and an upgrade on them, in my personal opinion, and people who made a you know a big impact last season, people like Huula, Backer, and people like that, they can't even get well. Huula can't you know he can't even get on the bench, and he was our top goal scorer last season, and that just shows the progression under Robbins and what a wonderful job he's done at the club. Yeah, and also his willingness to not settle and just, you know, keep pushing forward and pushing forward. Jack Lynch uh, also added a really key sort of point as well. He said the interview he gave to the BBC at the Open Top Bus Parade stands out for me. He didn't want to rest on what was achieved. He stated that this is the start of building a broken relationship with the club and fans. He said that will continue to grow as long as we ride the wave together. And he's certainly done that, hasn't he, Tom? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I remember that interview you did at, at the bus tour. I remember him saying that, you know, it's fantastic how many people have turned out. And he was kind of saying, you know, imagine what it'd be like if if this was a championship promotion. So, you know, it's always been his aim and he, he really believes we can do it. So, you know, let's, let's hope that we'll be seeing that, you know, um, in the not too distant future. And Andy, is there any sort of standout moments for you from this sort of second stint in charge as manager for, from, from Robbins? I was going to say the uh, checker trade final um really that he put even he said he like he's even robin said himself he saw that the game as the turning point for coventry city it's like putting the wood in the door in a sense that now after that win it showed obviously the whole of the uk we took forty three thousand fans there we filled wembley 
it was such a great day in the sun and um and it just showed from there then onwards it, apart from the relegation which was already really done before robins took place it showed that we we can uh, be a club again to be proud of so that was my moment another good away day under robins was um in the season when we got promoted uh, it was a 2-1 win at lincoln uh, when Jody Jones stole the show second half, uh, that was a really good away day under Robbins, you know, and uh, it, was, it was especially good because uh, we sung his name after the after the uh, game when he was on the pitch punching the air, and uh, there's a great photo of that in the uh, paper afterwards. So he loves the fans, massive rapport with the fans he's got, and uh, and it's yeah, that was one of my big moments. Yeah, no, he's he's doing a fantastic job. I was going to say he's done a fantastic job, but like I say, he doesn't seem to be happy with settling for what he's done. He, he keeps pushing forward. He's obviously built a really good relationship as well with the board, you'd have to say, because they have backed him financially, Tom. Yeah, they have, absolutely. Um, I think he's got a pretty good bit of leverage with them now, actually, because of, of the great work he's done. And he's obviously got us promoted. They, you know, they know that he is the man for the job and the man to take the club forward. So... I think he's probably able to go and demand a little bit from from Joy and you know the the people at Sisu to say you know if you can give me a bit of money this is what I can do this is what I can achieve you know some whispers saying that he's had a meeting with her and he's asked for you know two or three signings next season if we if we go up so be interesting to see what what we get there but I've got I've got a lot of faith in his ability to bring young players in though anyway so you know going up to the championship it's obviously going to be extremely hard to recruit and to get good players in but if if we do develop like we have been, then we're probably going to have a pretty good chance anyway. And we are playing good football, so we don't have to worry about that. You know, we can we know we can match teams that play good football. And uh, so yeah, I, th- I think he's definitely definitely the man to to do that. And hopefully the the board will keep backing him. I think they've I think they've seen the opportunity now, and they know that by putting a bit of money in, they're going to get some some better results than they have over the last ten years. Yeah, and we thank all of our listeners who uh, also tweeted to us using the hashtag Extra podcast. Thank you for all of your answers. And we can't always read all of them out, but some of them are really brilliant reading. And, and I'd say to any of our listeners who are on our Twitter account, go back through and have a read through because it does really encapsulate what, what a tremendous job Mark Robbins has done and just what it means to, to the fans to have a, a manager that's really taken the club forward. And it, it is, and we've said it many a time, it's very Jimmy Hill-esque how he's sort of picked the club up by the scruff of his neck and, and he's really pushing it along. Elsewhere in, in Sky Blue's news was uh, a really refreshing to see local businessman Richard Overson, who's injected his own money into the club to improve the training ground facilities. I saw the previous changing room, which was nothing sort of more than a, a porter cabin. And when you think we may well be heading to the championship and looking to beat off opposition to sign players from you know other sides with, with bigger budgets, potentially, you really do need the, the sort of facilities that can attract them. And Richard has more improved that scenario, Andy. He has. He has massively. Um, I know Robbins was talking about it on his uh, Friday, Friday presser and um, he was really praising Richard and, and rightly so. Apparently, the uh, changing rooms that he's uh, renovated was... They weren't even. They were apparently they were changing rooms, and then I think the water came through and, and wrecked all the electrics. So he had to move them back into the lodge. So it was like a redundant changing room. And what he's done there and has basically put an up to date, you know, uh, changing room there for the for the players to use, which is you know championship level, shall we say? So you know, and that always then little things make a big difference to players. It makes them feel you know like they're coming to work. It's an enjoyable place to come to work. It's nothing worse, as we know. You know, if you go to work and you 
and you go into a rundown place, it just puts you in a bad mood, doesn't it? So, no, fair play to Richard for doing that. I know he's a, a supporter of, uh, obviously, a massive supporter of the Sky Blues. I think his children are all mad keen Cov fans, and I think they've got season tickets as well. So, no, we re- really appreciate Richard's help. So, fair play to the man. Yeah, he did say, I've supported Coventry City since I was six years old. His first game was 1975. Uh, and he's been a true Coventry City fan for all of those years. He's got three boys who are now all Coventry City fans as well, and they've all got season tickets. Robin said it made a significant difference to uh, surrounding and the well-being of the players and the staff at Lodge, like you mentioned, Andy. And have, you know we're grateful to Richard that he wants to continue to work with us and make these tangible improvements in Wrighton. I think a lot of people sort of came out on on Twitter and was a not pretty much negative about that situation, but almost feel it's a bit of a shame that the club can't do that themselves, Tom. Yeah, I guess it is a bit of a shame. Um, but, you know, I don't know what the financial implications are with the club and expenditure. You know, it, it is all very tight these days with, you know, financial fair play and, you know, things like that. We do, obviously don't have a huge amount of revenue coming in because of being at St Andrews. Um, so we're probably, you know, a little bit short. I know the accounts came out and they didn't look too bad, but probably for, for this year, it's going to gonna be a bit tight and, you know, probably losing a bit of money. So for things like that, they're probably not at the top of the list of priorities. So it helps when you've got someone who's happy to come in and, you know, give a bit of assistance as, as Ovi's done. So, yeah, it's um, really nice what he's done there and hopefully he can continue to help in little bits like that that will make a big difference. Yeah, you mentioned there about the accounts that came out. Very interesting reading, and I know me and you both closely follow the price of football, uh, and it was it was the guy from that that actually shared those accounts. They were obviously for the previous year, and they don't show the rental agreement that we have with the you know Birmingham City to be renting the ground. But even there, you said about how tight it is, and I think it was something like for every hundred pound, it was something like eighty eighty five was was in sort of players players wages so it didn't really leave a lot there to for other aspects of, of running a football club I think for every hundred pound 85 was, was spent so you know you just got 15 pounds per hundred going towards other you know other avenues which would be training facilities and and, and, and travel and, and all of that that comes with it so I think like you say Tom we are you know obviously running a very tight ship and it's great that someone doesn't feel that they want to they're not fussed by that. They they just want to share, you know, there's something that they love, their passion. And if they can help out, which which he obviously clearly can, has, has really helped the Sky Blues in, in many ways. But to have a, a, a good training facilities is going to be extremely important, especially if we go up to the next the next league, Andy. 100% Dave, yeah. Um, like I said earlier in my point that, you know, making people feel happy, people wanting to come into work and... I know that's a bit sad when you say that because players are on whatever money they're on, they should want to come to work anyway. But footballers are no different to any per, any normal person. You know, if it's run down and and dodgy, they won't want to come in, will they? And they, you know, now because the facilities are have been a little bit more upgraded and make the place looks a lot better, makes the players happy. And when the players are happy, they play better, don't they? So all good on that front. You're listening to Sky Blues Extra. It's now time to look forward to the weekend's fixture. The Coventry City are going to take on Shrewsbury. The Sky Blues have only lost three games in the league this season, but one of those was away to Shrewsbury. That day, the Sky Blues went 1-0 up, but they were pegged back and considered a late 90th minute sort of loser uh, to lose the game eventually 2-1. 
There's been not that much history between the two clubs. They've played each other 35 times in the league. Coventry have won just 10 of those fixtures. There's been 12 draws uh, and Shrewsbury have picked up 13 of them. Our biggest win, lads, was a, a whopping 8-1 victory at home in the third division. Part of the title winning promotion, promotion season, actually, in 1963-1964, 27,000 fans packed into Highfield Road and scored. the goals were scored by Hugh Barr, George Hudson and Ronnie Rees. The eighth was a was an own goal, but but 8-1. Um, it would be lovely to see that this weekend, Andy. But but what can we expect from this season, Shrewsbury? Yeah, it would be nice to see 8-1, wouldn't it? Take the pressure off a little bit, wouldn't it? Being 5 or 6 nil up at half-time would be decent that, Dave, yeah. But no, um, looking at their form over the last five games, they've lost three and won two. Um, last time out, they uh, lost to Oxford 3-2. Obviously, Oxford, that moved Oxford into third place. And I've discussed in the pod before, I believe Oxford and us are the best football inside in the league. So no qualms in losing 3-2 to Oxford. But other stats, there, um, which are interesting, they have the 12th best away form in the league. They've played 17 away from home, but only scored 10. They're the second lowest goal scorers in the league, Dave. So these lot don't score many goals. No, they don't, do they? They they haven't got any someone that's like really banging in the goals for them. I think it was it Daniel Adoe, I think, scored at the weekend. I think he might have four, perhaps, if if I'm not mistaken. But but yeah, is there any players that we should be concerned about? Any players that we should be watching, Andy? Yeah, Jason Cummins as well. Um, he's got uh, four goals, but a lot of his play has been off the bench. Uh, if you remember, I think he scored in the um, the game which they uh, against Liverpool got the uh, replay. But he's useful. But he, he doesn't always start, but he's got a lot of goals for them. But to be fair, their top goal scorer is four goals. So they just don't score goals at all. So um, they've also got a centre-half who's a decent centre-half, Omar Beckles, Big strapping centre half, organised a bit of in the fads mould, and he can get a goal as well. He's got three goals this season. So for me, them two are the worth watching out for, Dave. Yeah, and like you said, if they don't score many goals, and you'd have to again really appreciate the fact that the Sky Blues have got such a solid home record and the defence, just a defensive record in general is absolutely solid, Tom. But it's an actual opportunity, isn't it, to to make some changes perhaps this weekend. I don't think we want to take anything for granted, but there's a few players that have looked a little bit leggy. What sort of squad would you line up with against Shrewsbury at home? Yeah, as you said, it, you know, it would be nice to give give some players a rest. There are a few, few tight legs in the team, but, but having said that, with a whole week's rest, I, you know, I don't really see a massive um, reason to change it. And I don't think he will change it, to be honest. Got to this point in the season with, with the team playing really well. We don't really want to start changing things. And I, and I don't really know where you would where you would make the changes because, you know, we tried to play to up front against Rotherham. It didn't quite work. So we quickly, you know, we, and it was a bit too late to revert back because we'd obviously conceded. So we don't want to be in that sort of position again. So for me, I'd probably probably keep it the same. But then I think maybe with his subs, he could do something a bit different. I, you know, I was surprised that he brought Bakker on at the weekend over over Biamu. Um I think Biamu was on the bench at the weekend, unless I was mistaken, but not sure why he's he seems to be a bit out of favour. Um, so maybe utilising players like that off the bench. But in terms of the starting lineup, yeah, I'd, I'd keep it the same, I think. And Andy, would you make any changes or, you know, would you like to give anyone a rest or do you think just keep pressing ahead with that same solid sort of formation and, and squad? Yeah, I'd probably make one change. Um, I'd give Shippers a go. Um, I'll bring Shippers back in for a, a start. Um, 
I think he's been itching for a start for a while, and um, obviously because of the form of Allen and Cameron O'Hare, that you know he's been struggling to get game time. But and obviously with Rusby, you know they don't seem to score many goals, do they? I know a lot of people would be going, "Oh, don't change them and change," you know, a winning team. But on this occasion, I'd like to see Shippers get a start. And uh, but that's my only change, Dave. Who would you change him for? Actually, that's what I was I was thinking. Who would actually exit for Shipley coming in? I know Alan wasn't very good against Ipswich, but um, Alan was outstanding against uh, Sunderland. So I would take Callum O'Hare on out on this occasion. And Tom, unfortunately, I think it's a game that you're going to be missing because you're going to be uh, off piste, uh, and that's not drinking. You're going to be skiing, aren't you? I think there's there's two of us now that have, have missed games through um, ski holidays, but. If you had to give a score prediction, what what would that that be for you? Yeah, um, I think it's a game that we'll win. Um, as we've said, the home form's superb. Can't see us slipping up. I think I think we'll win it two nil. Um, and I'll go goal scorers. I'll go with Godden to keep keep his goal scoring form. And I'm going to go with Dabo because I'd love to see Dabo score a goal. And I think he he's probably due one, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure where it's going to come from for Dabo because he doesn't really seem to shoot, does he? He tends to get in that position and, and he crosses. I think he's probably more likely to, not him score an own goal, but to sort of fizz one across the box and cause defenders all sorts of problems like the, the ball that he put into Matty Godden and perhaps a, a goal that way, Andy. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He likes to uh, like put a good ball in the box, doesn't he? A few assists recently. But I think maybe Wimbledon last game in a season, Stanchion. What do you reckon, Dave? It'd be nice to see, wouldn't it? But he just oh. it, the thing I love about um, Dabo is he just does he does his job. And it, it, the thing I always find really funny, well, it's not funny, but it just look it just to me it looks hilarious because he does his job. He sprints down the line, beats a couple of players, and then he forces a corner and he just turns around and jogs back to the centre circle. He's like, my work's here's done. Like just literally jogs back, and it's just like it just goes to show the discipline I think that Mark Robbins has got for his team and and his players, and they they're really playing to a set style. What about score predictions for you, Andy? Yeah, I think with the lack of them scoring goals, I think we'll win this 2-0, Dave. I think uh, Super Matty Godden again will get on the score sheet because, like we said, he scores in batches, doesn't he? Now he's got uh, five and six, hasn't he? So I think he's going to get uh, six and seven now. Um, and also, I think Shippers, if he starts, with a left foot drive. Yeah, that's great. No, he scored some really great goals this season, Shipley. And it would be great to hear from our followers and, and what they think the score is going to be and give yourself score predictions. Again, just use the hashtag SkyBluesExtraPodcast and we'll make sure we'll try and include it all on next week's episode. But it's been it's been a great a great roller coaster ride, as we say, every single week. Another really important sort of away win at Ipswich. And it's, it's a great place to be in. There's a really strong position, Tom. Yeah, it's a fantastic position. Really enjoying the ride. I think what you said last week, Dave, that it, it just feels a bit weird. Um, you know, I, I keep looking at the, the league table and can't quite believe that we're that that high up and that far ahead. Um, or that good. Yeah, or that good. It, yeah, it's just, it is, it, the only way to describe it is it's, it is a bit bit weird, to be honest, because um, I've you know just never had it. It's my birthday next week, and I've never never seen us top at my birthday, or barely even in the top half, to be honest. So yeah, it's it's absolutely mad, but. At the same time, loving it. Same time, terrified that we'll mess it up. So a lot of emotions at the moment. But I just think, yeah, if we can get through the next like two or three games and get some wins, we are then seriously getting close. Because I think with the re- how the results went this weekend, we're probably looking at five wins to do it, I think. Um, yeah, so 
five out of ten, you know, we, of course we can do that. But yeah, it's 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 going to be a I think it's going to be a roller coaster ride right up until the end. Yeah, and like you say, Tom, this weekend the fixtures did go our way, and and we had really helped out by a lot of teams, which. For, for me, it was almost as good as us beating a, a playoff or promotion rival, really. Teams taking points off of, 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 of other teams and they really did, teams slipping up. And I think it, it felt like actually as good as us playing them and, and beating them. Andy, what, what sort of, um, what's your thoughts on, on the promotion charge and, and where do you think it w- will end in terms of games? Do you think mathematically it will happen before perhaps Blackpool or... or... Yeah, um, I haven't really done the maths on it. What I think is important in these last 10 games um, is that we will lose a game. And um, I don't think we'll go unbeaten in these last 10 games. And it's important to how we react when we lose that game. We don't want a complete meltdown on CWR, do we, after we lose one game. Hopefully people keep their feet on the ground. Seen it done. Oh, mate, honestly, I can't wait for it. Honestly, when we move, when we lose that game, everyone thinks the world's going to end. <laughs> but it just so, goes to show the expectation that Mark Robbins and, and the fans have, have sort of come to expect, doesn't it? It does. But football, you can't win every single game, can you? So we will, you know, we, we are going to slip up. And, it, and what we have done all season, and I expect when we do lose, I think our reaction is always good, isn't it? We always jump on it, get back on the winning trail. And hopefully, if we do lose a game, hopefully we don't, but I think we will. And if we do, we'll get back on that winning trail the next game after. You look at how we bounced back from the Shrewsbury defeat in December. Absolutely. And, and actually, you know, people keep going back to that as like the marker point. Like, oh, you know, the last 14 unbeaten. But then mm. if we were good before that as well. You mm. know, it wasn't like we were on some terrible run before that. It's just all about how we bounce back if we do have a defeat. And I think Robin's, you know, the stuff he's saying at the moment is all in preparation for that. It's that, you know, if we're winning every week, it doesn't mean we've won the title. And if we lose a game, it doesn't mean it's over. So, you know, he's just managing the fans, the players and everyone's, you know, expectations so that if we do lose a game, it's not the end of the world. We can bounce straight back and, you know, we'll be back on track the next week. Yeah, absolutely. I, I just think with the, with the squad, I don't think they really listen to anything out, outside noise, do they? I think they're such a closed group. And you saw that with um, going back to the goal, Matty Godden's goal, the celebration, the elbow celebration, how all of them were over there just doing the same thing, congratulating each other. They seem a squad so happy with each other that, you know, they're, they're happy for everyone's achievements in it, aren't they? So I think if we do lose a game, in that 10, I don't think they'll be listening. Well, they certainly won't be listening to Clive Eakin on CWR, will they? So, um, they're, I hope not. They're, they're, no, they won't. So, they just seem <laughs> Especially to. Especially like, as they're just... supposed to be playing during while he's on. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'd be a bit difficult that day, wouldn't it? But yeah, but I just don't think they'll be listening to that. They'll just be listening to the manager, listening to Ada. And I don't think a defeat would affect them that much. I think they'll get back on the winning trail pretty soon afterwards, mate made really two good points there lads I think Tom firstly you mentioned about we were really really good before that Shrewsbury loss I can't even remember if it was Peter prior to that but you know we we just drew a lot of games and we seem to be turning those draws now into wins Tom yeah absolutely that's that's been the key you know we we all said it at Christmas didn't we we said if we can just turn these draws into wins then we are going to get you know get it's the difference between being in the playoffs and being in the automatics isn't it just consistently winning games like it is obviously very competitive up there you do have to win every week otherwise you you fall out that's the thing I think I've been finding a bit weird about it actually because obviously in years gone by we've been down the bottom and you know obviously we're what we seven points clear in the autos at the moment if that's seven points down at the bottom 
teams don't really win down at the bottom, so you can claw yourself out of it. But at the top, seven points can be, you know, that can disappear so quickly. So it's it's a different ball game altogether. I think I think the Sky Blues have, have put in such a terrific performance so far. It'd be such a shame to see them slip up. But they've built such a gap now and such a buffer that hopefully they can just see the rest of the season through. Um, I think every everyone's really like we mentioned about the carnival atmosphere at Ipswich this weekend. It was again, it was great. The Sky Blue Army were well out in force. I think there's going to be a scramble for for the tickets, and it's it's shown, hasn't it, Tom? Actually, every week now the the tickets now are, are pretty much sold out aren't they to season ticket holders or it, they're going very very quickly if not if they do make it to general sale yeah they are they're going really quick i think um i think Atkinson goes on sale tomorrow and we've got a decent i think 2200 there which is almost half their ground but you know i'll be i'll be online at nine o'clock sharp because i think they they might sell out tomorrow um you know there's there's that great buzz around the club isn't there everyone's bringing their mates along and everyone wants tickets which it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing to see and a sort of stark contrast to what it's been like over the years when we've been taking, you know, a few hundred or, you know, a thousand to most places and it's, it's just not been as positive. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be a bit of a scramble for tickets. And obviously we talked about Wimbledon with 700 on the last day. Not quite sure how that's going to work, but but yeah, we'll uh, we'll worry about that nearer the time. Yeah, it's it, it seems for me that I just keep saying, oh, one weekend we'll do something to my girlfriend. I just literally every week it seems I'm saying, oh, next weekend or maybe the Sunday or... And every time you send through, Tom, about what game are we going, you know, tickets come out for Atkinson, for example, and you just you just can't say no. It's just like you just want to it's a historic season um you want to drink up as much of it as you can and soak up all of the atmosphere and it's just it's one of them i, I look at the fixtures and i can't really see of one that i perhaps won't be able to to make I, I think i thought peterborough maybe at home i might skip that and try and actually do something um with her you know take her out give her an airing or whatever but i mean it's just not just not happening um, i think i think I cut your losses mate cut your losses and tell her you'll see her in may <laughs> I think it's the only way, isn't it? I think that's yeah. it. I mean, Tuesday night Wickham, uh, you know, is, is the only one I can't really do, but that doesn't make any difference at all. Um, not being on a weekend, but uh, again, it, it's it's amazing, isn't it? It's an amazing atmosphere, amazing time. The, the Sky Blues fans, like I say, at Ipswich were a credit. I think they, they behaved impeccably. Again, it was just a really party atmosphere, wasn't it, Tom? Yeah, it was absolutely. Yeah, just, uh, you know, we I think we sung the whole game. I had a pretty sore throat this morning from it, so... Yeah, just just good to see so many happy faces and you know so many young fans really enjoying it. Um, and long may that continue with the um, you know the next few games. And Andy, we've seen really great in- engagement with the with the Twitter page, haven't we? And and everyone sort of loves the content that we put out and um, bringing all of that Sky Blues content together and, and in one handy place for everyone to just really really consume it at the moment which is just people can't get enough can they and that that must be just down to obviously the fantastic job robbins is doing and and that the lads are doing on the pitch but it's 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 great to see isn't it the commentary fans no absolutely i thought you're gonna say the fantastic job i'm doing posting them out (laughs) no um uh with that with the combination of the team doing really well dave um the twitter Twitter page is doing great, and the, the interaction we have with the Sky Blues fans is why I set the, uh, the why we set the account up, didn't we? Um, it's great chatting to people, different opinions, different viewpoints. So, and with the team doing really well, it's even better. It's it's just great. It's a great platform for people to share 
the Sky Blues views, isn't it, Dave? It's a really good meeting place, I think, for the community of the Sky Blues fans. And and we try and give back where we can. And our followers, uh, we've run a lot of competitions. And it, it's actually now time to announce the winner of the most recent competition. It was a Football Bobbles uh, commentary retro hat, uh, the Tolbert one. You may well have seen it. Great, um, great hat from Football Bobbles. And like I say, if you aren't lucky enough to, to win this, then do go onto their page and, and show them support that they've shown you know to ourselves. And it looks like they've got some great gifts for for your Sky Blue fan and that person in, in your life. But yeah, we just want to say congratulations to Jim Lindsay. It's Jim Lindsay13 on Twitter. Congratulations, Jim. You're the winner of the, the retro hat, and we'll make sure that we get that sent out to you in due course. That's all we've got time for on this week's Sky Blues Extra podcast. It's been absolutely brilliant to listen to all of your feedback and, and please do share that with the hashtag Sky Blues Extra podcast. It's it's great to be able to engage with all of the fans in what is an absolutely historic season. Thanks for joining, lads. Cheers, Dave, mate. Cheers, Dave. And unfortunately, I'll see you at Accrington, Tom. I think if you better book that in the morning. Yeah, I'll get it booked, mate. Well done. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Sky Blues Extra podcast. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.